Hey friends, thanks for joining us on the Equipping You podcast. Our prayer is that this podcast will encourage and equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. For more information about the Christ-centered Acts 1-8 Alliance family, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You Podcast. This is Season 10, Episode 9. Today we're coming to you from Reynoldsburg, Columbus area of Ohio, home of the Ohio Roller Girls Pro Roller Derby Team. Wow, I needed to know that. They are uh, top 20 of 300 teams in the U.S., and uh, you know, I'd watch, but it, sometimes it feels like they're just going around in circles. Oh my goodness. You could say that about NASCAR as well, Terry. Well, you could. You could. I don't watch that either anymore. So, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, then. So I'm Terry. And I'm Alan. And I'm the church ministries leader for the Alliance. And I'm the director of development for our Eastern PA District of the Alliance. Uh, today, Alan, we have Alex and Hannah Absalom. Yes, we do. With us. I do love them. They're super, super wonderful. So tell us a little bit about them and their ministry. Well, I first heard of heard them because I was uh, curious about a breakout they were doing at an exponential conference probably eight or ten years ago and um, it just really hit me that this is really like an alliance message um, about walking in the spirit and using exercising the gifts of the spirit for the sake of reaching the lost yeah and uh, how can you not be inspired by that right so I, I've tried to check out their breakouts from time to time when I'm at there and then our district has kind of taking them on and so to speak like we they we've they've come to our district several times and um we've actually had them record some videos that we can share with pastors so i i was excited to invite them to be on the podcast yep looking forward to what they have uh, to share today so grab yourself a wandering bear cold coffee brew wandering bear sit back relax here we go and we're pleased to welcome to Equipping You Podcast today, Alex and Hannah Absalom. Guys, welcome. Great to have you with us. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. It's a joy to be with you. Our privilege. Yes, it is our privilege. So uh, please help our listeners get to know you a little bit by uh, telling us about your background, how you came to know Christ, and how you ended up leading a ministry called Dandelion Resourcing, which we'll probe a little bit more in a minute. Okay. Break it. Why, why don't you start? Mine's the boring sort of, you know, sort of the great, I say it's boring. Alex is more interesting, but I was raised actually in a great Christian home. Yeah. Um, there was, my, my parents were saved when they were at college. And so uh, all sorts of amazing stories um, of, of God moving. They were missions pastors. So I went on missions trips all over, but, um, and I really saw God at work as a child growing up through my teenage years. And so I knew when I went off to college and you go to have that college experience, I think, okay, am I going to live this? Is this my faith or is it my parents' faith? Mm -hmm. And I knew, no, this is real. I've seen too much mm -hmm. of God wow. uh, to know he's real, to know he's active. I've seen signs and wonders um, in the UK as well as, uh, in other countries. And so that's when I, you know, went all in and uh, led the Christian Union at college. And uh, then at the end of college, met uh, met, met Alex, married Alex. Wait. I was her ski instructor yeah. and she chased me all over yeah. the Alps. There you <laughs> go. Wow. There we go. Come on. Yeah. 
I'm glad so, your relationship I, didn't go downhill then. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Very, good. Very good. But anyway, and then it's been this sort of growth and sort of pursuing stuff together, which has been fun. Yeah. So we've been married for um, and in church leadership for almost 30 years. Uh, so we were, we, when we first got married, we led a church plant in London. And then we lived in Northern England in Hannah's home city, Sheffield. And then in 2007, we we have three boys and they were little. And we thought, let's go abroad somewhere really foreign and strange and different, <laughs> different language, different culture. So we moved to Oklahoma City. <laughs> and, <laughs> I qualified. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, it was cross-cultural mission, but it was lovely. We, loved it. we so enjoyed it. And actually, we felt the Lord quickly say, we we are called as a family of missionaries to the United States. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we've yeah. been. And so the initial impetus was we've been in the UK in a co- in a thoroughly post-Christian context. So uh, working out how do you be on mission in the power of the spirit in that space. We're under 3% are in church on a Sunday morning. And work out how to apply those tools in the US. And so we've lived in Oklahoma, in Northeast Ohio, near, near Cleveland. And then we've been in Long Beach, California for eight and a half mm-hmm. years. And for the past six years, we've been full-time serving the wider church. And we feel like the Lord's call on us is to help leaders and churches and denominations develop naturally supernatural discipleship and mission. And the way that the name of Dandelion came around, because we'd been in church ministry and then felt called to do this sort of wider church ministry. And we're looking for a name and we come up with all these cheesy Christian names and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, not quite right. (laughs) I remember we were in Ohio in our car driving. I don't know where we were driving from, but going back home, we're just turning into our neighborhood. And I had this picture. So it was like the Lord gave us this name. I had this picture of this dandelion seed head and all these seeds just blowing. And I just turned to Alex and said, what about the name dandelion? And we just thought about it and we thought, yes, that is totally it. Because it's basically, you know, we and our posture, our words, our actions, whatever it is, um, it's the Holy Spirit that blows on it and it's the Holy Spirit that sends these seeds wherever. And we have absolutely no idea. Sometimes we do, but often we don't. We don't know where they're going to land. We don't know what fruit is going to grow and what's going to be reproduced. So it's the simplicity, the lightweightness, but the reliance on the Holy Spirit. And often we're the ones who are the seeds who are being sent and blown out yeah. and planted. And yeah, multiplied. that's beautiful. Love it. I, uh, I learned just last year that apparently the dandelion is a universal symbol for hope because as it passes it actually gives life to other places so um and i thought wow that that's pretty cool so yeah. i was curious if that was connected to you but i like your version of the story like that that's awesome god yeah. is so good like that yeah it's so cool it's yeah. so cool it, and it's actually a french word meaning lion's teeth <laughs> so can't, you know, that'll preach won't it yeah so, how about that double <laughs> double meaning here yeah love yeah. it love it wow yeah well uh and one of our favorite things to do on our podcast, actually, is to ask who, our guests who has influenced them in life and ministry. And we'd love to hear both of you answer that question. Like, who, maybe two or three people that have really helped you, shaped you uh, in your life or ministry. Let's start. You start this time. I'm All right, I'll start. Uh, so uh, one of the early shapes for me was uh, at university. I studied theology, and my New Testament professor was a guy called James Dunn, who... Um, I didn't realize just what a great theologian was, and he's done a lot of writing. Um, he died about a year or two ago, but he was very influential. And particularly, um, so he was famous, for instance, he wrote the word commentaries on, on Romans. Um, so actually he taught us Romans in New Testament Greek when he was in the process of writing it. So mm. wow. um, 
and but he also did a lot of stuff on life and the spirit so one of his books is called jesus and the spirit uh and so that was a kind of i got taught to read some of those more theological books in that area so people like george eldon ladd uh, and so on so that kind of put a kind of theological rooting into me and then probably i i i'm going to say someone else but i think hannah will say this person so i'll let you no, no. okay well i would say then that in terms of like living this out and applying it practically john wimber mm -hmm. was a huge influence upon me so he so folks don't know him he started the vineyard uh, churches and what he brought was this combination of, of of good theology but real practice practical stuff that anyone can do and can live out and so that those were kind of probably okay. two shaping people for me that come straight to mind. Totally, and you're right, Wimber. We've both read a lot of his stuff and also found some really old videos on YouTube <laughs> and you know terrible quality, but really good. And stuff. we've both heard him speak live quite. A we few have, times. Yeah, yeah, in the UK. Yeah, because we're that old. <laughs> um, but I, I think as well again my parents I think were a huge influence you know just mm -hmm. providing that background so you, yeah. you, I mean childhood is everything and you think of all the trauma or the bad experiences or sometimes the good experiences go, going back to childhood and I had really on the whole really good experiences particularly in terms of faith and what I was exposed to the diversity and the breadth and the depth mm -hmm. so that was good and then also I was going to say Alex it just in terms oh, of wow. I know hey, right. <laughs> but in terms of he will hold me accountable so you know you can read all this stuff and you can do all this stuff and Alex there's nobody like Alex who will push you and say okay well what are you doing this week or what do you, you know hold your feet to the fire almost and to an extent that's what you need you need people in your life who are gonna challenge you and keep you accountable yeah. So yeah. ski instructor and accountability partner. Wow. <laughs> Is there no limit? <laughs> Amazing. That's so funny. You know, I you tell you every time. What really goes on. Yeah, I know. And I know that I've only ever known you in a public setting when you're training, but I've always appreciated the way you defer to each other. Um, that's a beautiful thing. It is. So It is. So, uh, Alex and Hannah, if you could, instantly give one blessing to all of Jesus Church, what would that blessing be? I think the blessing of knowing that we are all called, that we all have a part to play, um, and that, you know, that Holy Spirit has been given, and just to sort of lean more into him and for the blessing of the Holy Spirit to be on us, empowering us, guiding us, okay, what's the next thing we need to do? Hmm. So good. Uh, and then to add on that, I would... Rem the blessing is that we are blessed to be a blessing yeah. so the lord has put things into our lives even if you think there's not very much in your hands there's still something that the lord can breathe on and multiply and do incredible things with and so wherever we find ourselves even if it's not a great place the lord can still use us there and can advance his kingdom through us I love that. One of the things we say in Eastern PA a lot is that the best way to experience God's blessing to you is to let it flow through you. Um, and I appreciate yeah. the way you talk about that as well. Um, so ever, I think ever since the first time I heard you guys speak, I've always appreciated that little phrase, naturally supernatural. Um, so, and that's the way you specialize in equipping people to live naturally supernatural lives. I've watched a bunch of your videos, appreciate your emails that are so focused on that. Um, and it also sounds something very alliancy uh, to say. Uh, so can you unpack naturally supernatural for our listeners? Hmm. 
Yeah. First up, uh, I think it's this understanding that we, uh, if you're full of Jesus, then you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and Jesus sends us out in the power of that Spirit, mm. and so therefore we are living a supernatural life. Uh, our God is a supernatural being. We shouldn't be able to explain our lives in purely naturalistic terms because that's mm. just humanism. Mm. Uh, so we need to live in a way that provokes the curiosity, where people see something of the of the of this other realm in us. Mm. You know, the kingdom of God breaking out in and through us, and and, and yet. What, what happens is people being people, we tend to, uh, t if we start to get experience this goodness of the kingdom coming in our lives today, we tend to go a bit crazy with it and we kind of push it too far and it becomes a bit wacky and flaky and it's, um, uh, you know, and it's in a way that feels unapproachable. I can't do it or it's just for a super few people to do it who've got, you know, nice shiny suits or something. <laughs> uh, what is actually that's this supernatural lifestyle, which I believe Jesus called us to. So Jesus says, for instance, again and again, when he sends out the disciples, he says, the way he does it, he says, heal the sick, cast out demons, uh, claim the kingdom. Sometimes he says, raise the dead as well. So we're clear there's a like, basic marching instructions that that's meant to be basic Christianity. And yet the West has lost complete confidence in living like that. And I think the way Jesus seems to model it is just, it's very simple. It's very natural. It should just flow out of us. It's just organic. I mean, you know, I love, you know, as we were developing all this, just rereading through the Gospels and through, you know, Acts and just thinking how simple. And it's just the way they lived. It's just what they did. And it wasn't some high bar that you had to, you know, rise to. It was just the, the simple, the in the everyday all the time. Mm. So I think naturally supernatural is this invitation into an extraordinary adventure of walking with Jesus. Mm -hmm. and which is lived out in the everyday nitty gritty of all our interactions. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Love so, uh, following up on that, why is naturally supernatural teaching and training needed in the body of Christ? I think so often we make it so complicated or we think only the holiest people or only the trained people can be the ones who pray for the sick or have prophetic words or, you know, do the more overtly supernatural stuff. And I think we have to simplify it. You know, we, we keep saying, you know, whenever Jesus sends out his disciples, whether it's the 12, the 72, or in the Great Commission, Mark's version of the Great Commission tells us to do all this stuff. So we all ought to be doing it, but people don't feel as though they can. And so it's how do you show them, this is very biblical, but it actually, this is how it can be simple. This is how it can actually work in your day to day and just sort of dial it all down to make it accessible because most people think it isn't. It's mm. great. Yeah, I love that answer. That's really good. Yeah. All right. You got an amen from uh, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds good. Um, so one of the things that I've really appreciated about Dandelion Resourcing and your emails that go out is that you are not just promoting this so that people can ex have this experience of living naturally supernatural, but that they get to partner with Jesus in seeking the saving the lost. I mean, I, every year at Christmas time, you're always giving us ideas for how to connect with your neighbors and, and to live a naturally supernatural life around them. Um, so I'm curious, like... I mean, I think this is an important thing. So how did this end up being a conviction of yours to make uh, living a supernatural life linked to sharing the gospel with people who do not yet know Jesus? Mm. Firstly, because it's biblical. 
So <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's again, again, that's how they do it. There's there's very very few examples of non supernatural uh, presentations of the gospel in the New Testament. So there's the majority. There's something that goes on. Right? There's a healing. There's prophetic words. There's deliverance. There's whatever. Uh, so I think a it's super biblical. Um, um, B, it's something that um, what it does is when we live like this, it takes the pressure of ourselves to be Bible answer woman or Bible answer man. So we become not that. No, don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying we don't want to be in the Word. We want clearly want to be rooted in Scripture. I love theology. I love learning more about Scripture. We both, you know, really commit to that. But I think it's not about having all the answers. I think there's something about helping people to taste and see that the Lord is good. And that can come in lots of different ways. But for people who are far from Jesus, they're probably not going to sit with you through an extended meditation or something like that. What they want is something that impacts them there and then that kind of grabs their attention. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if someone is sick, that's going to be the big thing that's on their mind. And I think Jesus, you know, I think our posture is Jesus wants to bring healing unless he tells us he's not going to in that situation. So we lean in with a default understanding that this is how Jesus operates. Or when you get a chance perhaps to pray with a neighbor, so one of our little phrases we use all the time is that for training and to ourselves is, can I pray for you? So when you're with a friend or a neighbor who might be far from Jesus and they're talking about their difficult boss or they're stressed out about the kids or there's not enough money or they're, or they're sick or, or whatever the deal is, or they're celebrating a new job or a new baby, it's in that conversation, it's leaning in and it's going, you know, I'm so excited for you about this thing or I'm sorry your boss is a clown. Can I pray for you? Because I think Jesus wants to help you in that in your workplace or, or Jesus would love to bless your baby or whatever it is. And so it's about this confidence that we are spiritual people on a spiritual journey. So let's not hide that. I think what happens is most Christians are a bit embarrassed or a bit unconfident um, and they kind of hide that part. And what that means is functionally most Christians and to be honest, most pastors, so pastors listening, this is, this is a challenge as well for us, which is most of us look no different to atheists and how we live 90% of our lives. Mm. We don't function like spiritual people. We, 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 we do everything in naturalistic ways. Whereas actually, I think God's a God who wants to intervene and change all sorts of situations. So, so why not live like that? That's yeah. good. So, Absolutely. So I love that. So where should a person start if they want to pursue a naturally supernatural life? And, and what kind of fruit should they expect uh, in their lives? I think start where where you're stronger. I mean, we have this diagram, a Venn diagram, sort of three overlapping overlapping circles, the discipleship, mission, and the naturally supernatural. And we all tend to gravitate to one of those. So, so most people either tend to be really good at discipling people or good at uh, evangelism or good at um, uh, listening to the Holy Spirit and walking with him. And so I think if you're already good at, say, discipling people, okay, don't just give them your wisdom, turn to Jesus. So, so, so I think that phrase, can I pray for you, is a massive game changer. So it, whether it's with Christians or non-Christians, both of them, mm -hmm. rather than relying on yourself, let's rely, to G, rely on Jesus. And then don't just pray, but listen. So what's the Holy Spirit saying? Are you getting a word or a picture or a scripture or something else coming to mind as you do that? Well, you know, and it, the same again. So if, you, if you're strong with discipleship, start there but if you're strong with evangelism start there sort of as you're welcoming people 
ask, ask the Lord, okay, what, what, who specifically should I invest in? And then how should I do that? And what word have you got for me to give to them? I, I don't know, that's what I would say. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be simple. It's going to be granular. It's going to be the everyday stuff of life. So it's in your ongoing relationships, it's being open to the spirit's empowering presence infecting everything that goes on there. Mm-hmm. I think it's in our passing relationships, which actually become, can become great training spaces. So you're in that restaurant and the server, the Lord, the spirit just gives you a bit a prompt in the, you know, dig in the ribs, like invest a bit into them. And what I'll sometimes do is I'll ask the Lord for a prophetic word for them. And I don't share it like that, but I'll just be, you know. So if I feel like the Lord gives me something, I might, you know, just connect with them and be nice. But towards the end, I might go, hey, this might sound strange, but sometimes I find God just shows me how much he loves people and what he thinks of them. And I just felt like he He, he gave me a sense of how he feels about you. Would it be all right if I shared that with you? It's super good, by the way. Mm-hmm. And I'll kind of go, yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. And, and then you share this word, because I think Jesus loves to, Prophecy, First Corinthians fourteen three tells us is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. And it's first one. It's in the way of it's in the pathway of love. Um, so as long as you're within those within those four boundaries, uh, it's a lot of fun. And so you share this word with people, and then I can't tell you the, res- the response is so good. You know, you see people start weeping. You see people being really impacted, really shaped. And I think it's this choice we need to make as believers, which is we have access to all the resources of heaven. We have mm-hmm. access. The father yes. wants, why wouldn't father want to sh- reveal something of his heart for someone, his heart of kindness and, and compassion and, and grace? So we start to live that stuff out. So I think your fruit question is, are we living in a way that represents Jesus really well? You know, is it a part, do we, okay, a good summary phrase would be, um, uh, am I revealing the father's heart? Mm. So interact with people, do they leave us? Whether or not their prayer gets answered, whether or not the healing comes, yeah. Um, it's did they experience the father's love for them through us and if the answer is yes and that's a win that that is an advance for the kingdom wherever that person is yeah uh, so i think that's the sort of fruit you're looking for to to you know do yeah. they experience the father's goodness in that moment yeah i love that so much so i appreciate it um i think one of the um most encouraging things that i've heard you say over the years and repeatedly say and now we say it in our district I think partly because you said it at first is the, the importance of practice to living a supernaturally natural life. Because I think most people will say, I tried it once and it didn't work, so I don't want to do it anymore. But you really yes. advocate for practice. What yes. makes that so essential? I've got two scriptures because I always forget these and I think they're they're really helpful and insightful. So the first one is Second uh, Timothy 1 verse where basically um, Timothy is told to fan into flame the gift that he has been given. Mm-hmm. So that speaks of, okay, it isn't just something that you're just sort of given and there we are, there, it's good. But what does it look like to fan into flame? It, there's an action, there's sort of an ongoingness. And the other scripture is Hebrews 5.14, which says solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So that specifically talks about the gift of discernment, but I think it's applicable to all the spiritual gifts. Of the, By constant use, there is this training yeah. that happens. Again, it's this process. It's not, I think people tend to think a gift is given and it's plopped into your lap fully mm. formed. Yeah. Well, if we think teaching, for example, we've, uh, if 
anybody's given a sermon. You know, most of those people didn't weren't amazing um, orators the first time they they stood up and gave a talk. Mm -hmm. There was a a practice and a training that they had to go through. Well, I think it can be the same for the more spiritual. Absolutely. Otherwise, we've created a false dichotomy between, in quotes, natural and supernatural, mm. which is not a, is not a biblical worldview because everything is spiritual. And so uh, if we would allow the more overtly natural gifts room to develop, you know, gifts of compassion or or service or hospitality um, in the same way, why not? Why would why would it be any different for gifts of healing or, or, or the prophetic or miracles yeah. or, or whatever? I don't know really why I never thought of that until I heard you guys start uh, talking about it, uh, because I, I believe I have a gift of teaching, but I am really glad that my first sermon was preached before there was online posting, so it can never be found again, uh, because I believe that God has given me grace to fan that into flame, you know, yes. and why wouldn't we want that with all the other gifts, Absolutely. too? I, I, it, that's just one of those things is like when you hear it, you're like, oh, of course, that makes yeah. sense. Why didn't I think of that before? And I, I think the key thing is then to create spaces where people can practice without causing, causing a trail of pastoral wreckage in their wake. And I think that's probably what people are driving at. Yeah. So, and some folks watching or listening to this, maybe your story is you were in a church or an environment where perhaps some of the more overtly supernatural gifts were misused mm-hmm. and perhaps there was manipulation or, or whatever. And, you know, and not negating the pain and the, and the hurt of that. Um, but I think there are other ways in which we can operate in these things in a way which is pastorally wise and sensitive. Yeah. It doesn't harm people, um, but where we still lean into them boldly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think, and, and we can give lots more tips, but probably more than we've got time for today, but that, I, that you definitely can do that. So you can balance those two aspects together where we're boldly leaning into what Jesus tells us to. And also it's in a way that builds up the community and doesn't cause destruction. And yeah, with them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. So, uh, Acts three, uh, we have Peter and John coming into the temple courts and find the lame beggar there, and uh, you know he's wanting, he's begging for money. Obviously, he's trying to gain sustenance for his life, and uh, they say to him, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have we give you, the name of Jesus, uh, rise and walk. So can you take that passage of Scripture and maybe apply it to how we live out this naturally supernatural life in our daily encounters with people? Uh, what's there that uh, perhaps we need to need to see? I think one of the first things is that we have to be interruptible. I think mm. most of these great plans. And again, it's fascinating so when you read through the Gospels, read through Acts, the number of amazing things that happened, but it was on the way. They were on the way somewhere or mm. it wasn't, oh, you know, we're at this event or at this service. Mm. Uh, let's do something now. Mm-hmm. It was, Jesus was interrupted and often multiple times. Mm-hmm. So... I know personally, I'm often, I've got my agenda, I've got my to-do list, mm-hmm. you know, whether I'm out at the grocery store or even in church, I want my, you know, I'm an organized person. I like, so I've, I have, it's a continual battle. No, you know, and I think there's something about creating margin for 
all sorts of these things and this deference to the Holy Spirit. Okay, Lord, what are you doing? Help me just stand back for a minute. Is it, you know, some of my agenda that needs to just sort of, you know, be put to one side for a moment? Because agendas are good, but they cannot be controlling. Mm-hmm. Let me tell a story. So I play soccer or football because that's how Jesus calls it. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't aware that Jesus called it that. I'm preaching controversy now. Um, And so it's this, so where we live, it's a very um, uh, multiracial international group. One of the guys is this very mouthy Italian uh, who's definitely not saved by his language on the field and his stories of his lifestyle. But he's actually a really fun guy. Um, And one time we were playing and we got near the end and I noticed that he went and sat down on the side of the field. And so one of the things I'll just say actually is, we need, like Hannah says, be interruptible. We need to be open to noticing what the Holy Spirit is prompting us with. Mm-hmm. That noticing is not a distraction, it's actually God. And so I felt, okay, I'll go over and talk. So I go over and say, hey, you know, what's up, Fab? What, what's the problem? And he goes, um, my back's really hurting and it's been playing up and he's had back issues in the past. As he's telling me this, I can sense the Holy Spirit saying to me internally, are you going to pray for him? Uh, and like quite fiercely, are you going to pray for him? You know, and I'm kind of like trying to ignore this internal prompting. And eventually it's like the Lord saying, are you going to pray for him? So I go, all right. And so I said, um, Fab, this might, this might sound crazy, but we've seen Jesus heal people when we pray for them. Could I pray for your back? And he just stares at me, which is not like him at all. And because um, he's Italian, I go, oh, come on, you're Italian. You must be up for a bit of Jesus something. So he goes, all right then. So it's all kind of grumpy at this point. So I, I just put a hand across on his back and, and, and just where it's hurting, and I pray a prayer, something like, Jesus, thank you that you love Fabrizio. Please would you heal his back so he can enjoy playing sport. Amen. Then I just step away, and I look at him, and I go, well, go on, test it out. Um, which, by the way, we always love making people test it out. It's something they can test. It's so much fun when you watch their faces as the healing starts to come. So anyway, he starts testing it out, and he's super quiet for like 45 seconds, and then he's going, my back's completely better. He says, it's amazing, but it's really best. And I said, isn't that cool? Jesus must really love you. <laughs> he goes, yeah. And then he said, you know, when you when your hand was on me, I could feel this heat going up and down my spine. Wow. Mm. And I said, I said, well, that's often we find that can, that can be a sign of God's healing power coming on someone. So anyway, we go back into Phil Carroll playing. Game finishes. We're walking off and it's like, you know, a whole bunch of guys and he's about 10, 15 yards behind me. And as I'm walking off, talk to some other guys, and he yells. He goes, he yells out, Alex. And I turn around. Everyone's kind of stops because he's super forceful. He goes, Alex, my back is completely better. Praise God. And so all the other guys start going, What do you mean your back's better? What do you mean? What happened? How come your back's better? And he goes, My back started hurting. This is the whole group. He goes, My back started hurting. So Alex came and did some Jesus juju on me. And <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesus juju. All right. Yeah, exactly. And of course, that's not the most, he's just doing the best he can. You don't have to correct the theology. Jesus right. will figure it out with him. That's just his yeah. best attempt at, at, at giving, giving, praise. giving praise, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I think that's, I think what it illustrates is, is just as we go about our lives, we are, we are always able to tap into this supernatural heavenly kingdom resourcing mm-hmm. and God can do crazy things with it. You'll get the Holy Spirit digging the ribs, yep. mm-hmm. saying, you know, saying, yep. uh, <laughs> I think as leaders in the local church, for those of you who are that, we we have I would want to challenge you and say we we you have a responsibility 
to equip people, to encourage them and to call them to live like this. Mm -hmm. So these aren't just occasional lightning strikes where you get that one story from eight years ago. It's like, it should just be flowing through our lives. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so good. Appreciate that. That interruptible and margin part and noticing. Mm. Wow. All right. Conviction settling in. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we mentioned the very beginning, you have dandelion resourcing, uh, for helping churches in their pursuit of equipping people, because it's the pastors who are equip the saints um, yeah. and other apests people. Uh, so what resources, how can Dandelion Resourcing help pastors equip their people to live this way? So firstly, we've got a free email. So if you are not on that email list, go to dandelionresourcing.com and you'll find a link that you yeah. can sign up. And that basically has all these videos and, um, and, and resources you talked about, um, you know, 19 different ways we can be witnesses this Christmas. That's what went out last week. Mm-hmm. And so super practical, super simple, everyday stuff on mission, discipleship mm-hmm. and living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So that's basically a weekly free newsletter mm-hmm. we'll send to you. And often a video like it's part of it. Yeah, like, yeah. it's probably probably. Yeah, eight or nine times out of 10, there's a little video. And normally yeah. us just sitting on our sofa, just chatting for five, 10 15 minutes, yeah. just something practical. It's very shareable, so you yeah. can use that in churches. So, you know, feel free to pass it on. Um, we do a naturally supernatural course. So we developed a bunch of teaching over the years, and we test it out lots of places. And in the end, we just felt the Lord prompted us to record it. So we got it professionally filmed. And so that's available. There's links to that, again, from our website. Um, it's very inexpensive. And there's nice little um, course books that go with that for people who like to take notes. So that's... You can watch it individually or solo, but it's really designed mm. to be worked on in groups. So that would be ideal for group life. It comes in six session blocks. So um, and every topic has two parts to it, because the idea is that you go away and do some homework. And we have lots of, you know, pause the video and do this. Here's some discussion questions. And it's all built around practical homework, which you are accountable to come back <laughs> to do. And in your group, you're meant to start by discussing and processing that. So it's people love it. We've had fantastic reviews mm. from different places and nations that are using that so that might that would be a thing we'd suggest you check out as well and then the third thing would be that um we uh we love to just uh, come and teach and to help in different churches and contexts so if that's something of interest uh you can reach out to us i know actually we're going to be in your area on palm sunday we're doing a weekend with york alliance oh back with us i was not aware of that one all right yeah fantastic exactly so yeah, exactly. So that would be um, that. I don't, I, I, st- the plans are all coming together, but I think there'll be um, a bigger session on Saturday, which might well be open to all sorts of churches. So yeah, 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 yeah. They usually do make the Saturday session. I mean, they make it all open technically, I suppose. But you know, I mean, the Saturday thing they tend to promote, and they'll probably contact us in our oh, district about that. But yeah, yeah. Exactly. So well, uh, yeah. Alex and Hannah really appreciate the uh, opportunity to get to know you better and hear the work of God in and through your lives. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. It's been a Thank privilege. You Thank you. Much. Yep. So great to get to know Alex and Hannah a bit in their ministry that brings the supernatural into everyday natural. life. Yes, yeah, naturally natural supernatural. Life. Absolutely. So did you grab something today that you, uh, you're taking home with you, Alan? You know... This is the uh, interview was everything I hoped it would be. Um, and what I take home from this is, you know, I've heard some teachers about 
this stuff and then I walk away seeing that sounds a little bit dicey to me. Or I've heard other speakers and then I feel like I'm a failure in my Christian life because I'm not exercising them. I feel none of that walking away from them. No. I feel like they're saying, you know, Jesus has something special for you. Enter into ministry with him. Reach the lost with him. Uh, and you probably won't do it right sometimes, so it's okay to practice and to learn as you go. Um, but don't miss this opportunity because we, we have access to the kingdom resources all the time. Yep. And I feel so encouraged after spending time yep, with them. Agreed. Yep. I uh, love the piece about being interruptible, having margin in our lives to stop on our way somewhere. To, yes. Uh, have an that encounter. part was convicting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but in a challenging, good sort of a yes, way. Yes, it was. And, uh, you know taking the, the risk of faith to to pray for somebody whose right. back is hurting, you yeah. know, and sometimes we just don't do that. So yep. may God give us courage to act out what we say we believe. Amen. As uh, Alliance leaders. Absolutely. So next time on Equipping You Podcast, the end of season 10 will bring us to our biographical interview with Mark Little Elk, who's a Native American pastor and leader and evangelist up in uh, northern Minnesota in the Cass Lake area. Looking forward to that conversation with him. Thanks for being a part of our uh, podcast uh, today. And uh, thanks for spreading the word for us. We'll see you next time. Meanwhile, keep the faith. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and sharing it with a friend. For more information about this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.